happen. Well, hi everyone and welcome to A Little Breathing Space. And I'm your host, Clarissa Hughes, and this is the place where you find mindful ways to live your life well. Dating is what we're going to talk about. You know, and that's something I, having been single for nearly 10 or 12 years, know quite a bit about. I'm not single now, actually. I found love online dating, which is a bit strange, and we'll get into that, I'm sure. But, you know, finding someone today is probably, as I hear from girlfriends, as I experience myself, not so easy. There's a lot of uh, swiping right with, with apps like Tinder. And so I think bringing mindfulness into a big and important part of our life as dating is so important. So today, I was so glad to get connected to Catherine Orman. She is a spiritual psychotherapist she's a licensed marriage and family therapist and she lives in LA where she's the director of transpersonal counseling center so I'm so glad to have you here on the show Catherine hi Clarissa I'm so happy to be here I just am fascinated by all the things that you're doing I mean first of all you know why is dating so complicated, right? <laughs> <laughs> what a place to start, but I mean, why is it? And how did you get to be doing this? You know? That is a good question. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I started about five years ago. I um, had had a series of, uh, I hadn't been really successful in my own personal relationship life, even though I was a licensed marriage and family therapist. So about five years ago, I decided I'm gonna, I'm gonna crack this code. I'm gonna get it once and for all. And I, um, I joined five online dating sites and I hired a coach and I went back to therapy to finish up some unfinished odds and ends. And I started um, meeting three or four men a week and, and uh, I had over 150 first dates. And then I had the second dates and third dates and little times that I, it seemed like it was going and, and times that it wasn't. And uh, finally met the love of my life. So uh, I wanted to share uh, the process of being a spiritual person in today's contemporary dating world. Uh, and I wrote a book called Tantric Dating. Oh, and uh, to share how you could be a spiritual, mindful person navigating this shopping mall of online dating. Oh, I can so relate to that because I've, <laughs> I don't know. I, well, I mean, I got divorced when I was 44. I'd been married for quite a while and I was thrown into a world that had completely transformed. And suddenly there I was dating. And as, just like you, I'd signed up to these dating sites, went on lots of first dates. Some became second, had a few short relationships. And then all of it, I have met the love of my life and he's actually resting right now listening to your podcast. <laughs> But yes, it certainly isn't um, very mindful um, or a very easy process. I found it very cold and uh, uh, dismissive and people treating each other kind of like used trash if this wasn't the right person or didn't look like a movie star. And I had had an experience um, years before where I'd lived in an ashram in India, a Tantra ashram, the Osho ashram. And I had been really uh, immersed in Tantra and meditation during that time and mindfulness. And people think, oh, a Tantra ashram, it must have been just uh, group sex or something. Actually, it was, 
it wasn't people's fantasy. It was actually pe people, uh, actually a lot of Australians, and I met several Swedish people there and so on. People from all over the world who came to this personal growth center for meditation. And uh, Tantra is a philosophy that everything's sacred, including sex. And the men and women related, since you had meditators and mindful people, the men and women related, and of course, women and women and men and men, of course, would all relate to each other in an environment where friendship was first. And we would encounter each other and, uh, in a mindful manner, uh, everyone trying their best to become more authentic human beings and really experience this other person in this present moment, what kind of relating is possible between you and me in this moment without so much on a focus on, is this the love of my life? Yeah. And that focus of being present with this person in this moment, then even if this wasn't going to be the love of your life, you could have a meaningful, loving, present encounter. And I, uh, had had that experience in my past and then i when i came abruptly into this shopping mall of online dating i was baffled i didn't know I, I, it took me a while to be able to learn how to bring those principles into dating in the western world yes and i and i think when you're saying that it's like the expectation i think people have of <clears throat> dating and online dating is like wham i look at your picture um, I like you, you look attractive, you fit some kind of, I don't know, whatever image that is. And, you know, then it's, then it's it, you know, you're the one or you're not, you know, instead of like, exactly. there, you're trying to read. And I love that principle of getting to know that person in that present moment. And then see, you know, that's all it is, because that's non judgmental, you're just accepting that person. Exactly. So what I found, exactly, as you're saying, uh, in the Western dating world, the first criteria is, and I look at your picture, or if I meet you in person, the first criteria is, do you meet my mental, my mind's fantasy of a lover? Mm. And this fantasy has been sold to us by advertising about who our fantasy lover ought to be. And in my lifetime, it's gotten narrower and narrower. Now it needs to look like Ryan Gosling, <laughs> or it needs to look like Rihanna, or... Uh, you know, I, I have a, a young patient who's uh, shopping for the shopping. He's searching for the, <laughs> the mother of his future children. And he, I had explained this to him. He said, you know, I was watching some old movies from the 70s, and there were people starring as romantic leads back then that would never even be able to be in movies today because they looked just like average, normal people. So... Our minds and our egos have been sold a bill of goods about who looks like a potential lover. And that is the first criteria people are taking into the dating world. It's yeah. really not mindful at all. No, and I don't think it makes it better when you get things like Love Island and these things. I and mean, it sets up unrealistic expectations for people out there that everybody's somehow perfect. And people, of course, are enhancing their pictures online. So you don't know what a person looks like at all. Exactly. <laughs> so it can be quite a shock when you meet them. And we're pretty much ordinary. We're pretty ordinary. I mean, most of us are lovely and beautiful, but we're certainly not models on Instagram or anywhere else. We are our beautiful selves. 
Exactly. Yeah. So I, um, I, I started uh, through trial and error, starting to bring principles of mindfulness into my, my online dates. Mm -hmm. And I would sit with the person and I would notice that my mind, as the mind always does, comes up with an immediate judgment. And then I'll go, okay, thank you, mind. Let me sit and be present with this person and find out, as I, as I had experienced at the ashram, let me experience what kind of connection is possible. Mm -hmm. Is this a potential friend? What is lovely about this person? I am probably not going to end up marrying them. Who, I don't want to even think about it this moment. I just want to feel the presence of what it's like to be with this other being. And I found myself growing in uh, my ability to be loving, less judgmental. And I found that dating can actually be part of our spiritual path. It can actually be a way to grow ourselves into more loving people instead of the contemporary dating world, which is encouraging us to be less loving, less mindful, more dismissive of our, of our fellow humans. And that's why I saw that we could actually use dating to bring more love and awareness into our lives. I think that's so beautiful that, you know, bringing love and awareness by being in the present moment with that person is, is just a very beautiful concept um, that men and women can benefit. Because I think we often hear a lot about women's side of the story, but I think, you know, talking to my partner, he'd experienced the same rejection from women, um, that that women feel but we're not oh. they often don't talk about it. i think men men experience it and my my partner has some health mental health issues so i mean the minute he told anybody about those they ran for the hills you know oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is quite normal normal one in five people have some kind of no mental health issues so oh absolutely yeah it really shouldn't be any worse than having a physical health issues no. Uh, you know, I teach men, and I uh, actually have been lucky enough for uh, men to confide in me that they are uh, quite scared of dating, and they don't know how to approach women, and they're, they're supposed to be these uh, romantic heroes who can just go up if they find a woman attractive and approach her and woo her and sweep her off her feet, and the average guy has no idea how to do this, <laughs> and... and um, you know, is afraid and uh, doesn't know the dating rules any more than women do. No. And yet women are expecting that because men look so cool. You know, you have to admit men really yeah, do look do. Very, <laughs> very cool and scary. And behind that shell is just an average guy who, if he finds you attractive, may actually not be too scared to say hi. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so being mindful in the present moment and realizing this is a living, breathing human being that I'm sitting across having coffee with, who's probably scared just like I am, who probably doesn't know how to date, who's probably had his heart broken, his or her heart broken, who is, uh, uh, doesn't really know what the next step is. You know, I have women, t women and men both tell me, well, he didn't text me back. I said, well, you know, he's probably sitting at home wondering if he should text you back if it's too soon or he doesn't know the rules either no and don't you, do you think that there's a lot of strange rules that have crept up <laughs> that were not there in the past that that complicate this issue still further well absolutely and they have nothing to do with being mindful in this present moment do they no i think so they're I'm about fear actually and they're and really about fear and trying to control mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm not supposed to text back in X number of hours. Well, 
what if the, the guy is not asking me out because I'm not letting him know I like him? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Maybe I'm not uh, pursuing him at all. And he's wishing, I, you know, I've had men say this many times. It's like, I'd like the woman to carry at least half the burden. Yeah, being a Swede, that's very true here. We have, we, <laughs> officially, we have no dating, which is even weirder. You know, what does that mean? It means that people just don't date. They just say, would you like to go for coffee? And that's often what happens here. So there's no such thing as a real date. Oh, I see. An old-fashioned date where the guy comes and picks her up and she's oh. wearing her little palm dress, you mean? No, we don't have that. That disappeared years ago. We have this kind of let's go for coffee and you pay, and you pay for yourself. No guy would ever oh. pay for you. And he doesn't, he doesn't even get his wallet out, basically. <laughs> and uh, and well, uh, it's, very, it's kind of chivalry is dead. You know, he doesn't open the door for you or anything. You know, you're just kind of, you're on equal footing here. That's what you wanted. So <laughs> press on oh. kind of thing. Which in is a way I, yeah, in a way I can see that's a breath of fresh air. And, uh, and in a way, I know here in the States, the guys expected to at least pick up the coffee because guys do make a lot more money than women. So exactly. we have kept that, we've kept that little piece. Yep. Yep. Here's very much you're on your own two feet and it's not really a date. And it would take quite a long time before it was a date. You might find you'd gone for a walk in the woods or whatever. So there'd be quite a lot of things that would have happened before you were taken on a, a formal date where you went to dinner together. I see. Mm. I see. I'm not sure if that's more mindful or not. I think it's still exactly the same, actually. There's still the same swipe and, you know. The same swipe. Oh, yes. <laughs> absolutely so however one's dating i think that we can really uh i think the listeners can really uh tune in to your own self when you're dating and see am i the the spiritual process of it is much like meditation it's like i watch my thoughts telling me these things about people and i go okay thoughts thank you now i'm going to continue to return to the present moment and just be with this person that's really like the process of meditation right which is i notice i'm thinking oh, my mind is going off on some kind of wild goose chase. And as soon as I notice that, I'm going to come back to the breathing, come back to the breath, come back to my center, and be. Yeah. And so dating can be exactly this, whether we're in Sweden and going off on a hike, or we're here in LA and having a coffee where the man's paying. As a dater, I can focus on myself, and am I experiencing this person? Or am I experiencing some fantasy I have about them? Yeah. Or am I projecting my uh, Disney fantasy on that this is the, you know, handsome prince, or this is not the handsome prince, therefore he's not valuable? Exactly. Exactly. How I can think I be mindful? Yeah, just be mindful and be present to that person is such a beautiful thing to do because everybody's got something beautiful about them. Absolutely. And so in dating, we were taught, you know, I, I had this thought a while back that um, uh, your listeners, almost everyone here, the conscious, what we call the conscious community here in LA, mm. everyone is working on themselves to become less prejudiced. And this is a beautiful thing. You know, most people today are uh, very welcoming to have friends of all ages, friends of all ethnicities, friends of all body types. We're just, uh, all genders, all um, sexual orientations. Most of us have expanded ourselves in love to many different kinds of people and we welcome their uh, appearance in our lives. However, in the dating world, we've become somehow 
we switch it off and we become super, super prejudiced. Mm. It's like the only person I could date would be this. You know, they have these check boxes oh, online. Yeah. It's like yep. this, this, this must have this education, must have this, must have that, must have that. One of my patients was laughing who said that, um, you know, she had online dating. She had checked no Muslims, <laughs> even though she would have been perfectly open to having Muslim friends. And after uh, my coaching for several years, she loves to tell this story now that she's married a Muslim man. <laughs> but on, in dating, she had become very rigid on, oh, I could never, I could be friends with someone Muslim, but I couldn't marry them. And in my own life, I had, as a good health conscious person, I had checked, uh, must not smoke. And, uh, you know, no one could even talk to me if they smoked. And, you know, my uh, partner, who I'm madly in love with, he, and we have a great relationship. He smokes an occasional cigarette. But you see, on online, this wouldn't have passed the test. No, exactly. And I think that's, that would have been the same for me. And then I look at it as and everything that you ended up with has, has kind of broken, not important rules, but has broken some of those minor rules. And I, I certainly had a friend who said, oh, no, I couldn't possibly date somebody who wasn't taller than me. Right. She's quite tall. Oh, no, her husband is not as tall as her. Because at the end of the day, the person won through when she allowed that and put that sort of expectation and she instead embraced him for everything he was, um, was worth so much more than whether he was a couple of centimeters shorter than her. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And I think everyone kind of nods their head and agrees with this, but if you actually take it into the dating world and confront your own prejudices, this is a way to grow spiritually you come to more self-knowledge, more mindfulness on, oh, look, I'm being prejudiced in a way I didn't realize. Mm. Oh. I want to be my honest, true self. And is this really how I feel about love? Mm. I have been sold a bill of goods by the advertising industry that love looks, feels, squawks, and talks like this fantasy image that's come up since I was probably five years old, I've had this dream of Ken, Barbie and Ken, <laughs> and oh, yes. certainly not Poindexter. <laughs> and so I, I'm, I'm bringing this fantasy image into my dating, and I probably am not going to get rid of that, but I can certainly be mindful of it as I sit across the table from a living, breathing, nervous man and realize okay, he's not Ken. Who is he? Exactly. And that's so beautiful that if we can bring mindfulness to this part of our lives, that we are practicing suspending our judgments, being present and open. It couldn't, it couldn't be more of a spiritual journey and an opportunity to open up to more love and more connection in our lives if we can do this. Beautifully said. And I also was realized I'd been reading dating books for years and was trying to do those rules and so on and trying to crack this code and trying to figure out dating and how to really find love this time. And I realized that, you know, a lot of dating coaches rec uh, recommend that you make this list of all the characteristics you're looking for and then manifest him. Yeah. And, you know, I realized everyone has the same list, first of all. And secondly, no one is encouraged to put kindness at the top of that list. I realized I had never 
heard the word kindness ever talked about in dating. No, and yet that's one of the most important things you look for in, in someone that you want to share your life with, or even with someone you want as a friend, is, is that they're a kind person. And this is not, uh, how do you screen for that online dating? You're asked to see, does he smoke? How much education does he have? What television shows does he watch? Uh, you know, uh, what does he like to eat? And so on. And you're supposed to base whether or not this is a good partner based on a, a lot of uh, personality characteristics that really don't talk about what spiritual people are looking for, which is what is the depth of this person's kindness? How have they developed themselves in terms of mindfulness, kindness, uh, their lives being of service to others? Mm. Uh, you know, we had a, a, a gal who said, well, I don't want to marry anyone who's, I wouldn't want to be with anyone who's had children. We're like, well, someone who's wow. had children has, has learned a thing or two about kindness in their life, about self-sacrifice, about showing up for other people. Yep. He would make and a so, much better partner maybe than somebody who hadn't. <laughs> possibly, possibly. Yeah, possibly, yeah. So again, we're, we're encouraged to look for uh, criteria that we take with us when we go shopping, which are glitty, glittery, shiny, high-value items that uh, don't let you know whether or not this is the person who's going to bring you soup when you're sick. Mm, exactly. One of the things you talk about is that we shouldn't trust chemistry. I'd love ah. to just explore a little bit around that, Catherine, because that gets talked a lot about in, in this kind of online and modern dating world. It's all the chemistry. Exactly. And I found that, that most people online that they would put, it comes down to whether or not we have chemistry. And chemistry can be fun, can be exciting. It can also be a very bad sign. It can be a sign that uh, this person is triggering some unfinished business for our past. For example, uh, an example that we uh, all might know about is we might have a friend who keeps attracting uh, men or a, a male who keeps attracting women who are abusive to them. Mm. Maybe they're physically beat them up. And then we find out that in childhood, this person got beat up. So we're like, why would they keep uh, being with men who beat her up? I'm just going to use that gender, uh, yep. easier gender right now. Yep. Yep. So why would this woman keep choosing men who beat her up? And so what happens there psychologically, from a psychological standpoint, is that uh, she learned in childhood that love equals getting beat up. Mm. And even though this doesn't make sense mentally, it's a, it's a, a pattern that's there in in a person until they heal it through psychotherapy or some kind of personal work, they're going to keep feeling chemistry with men who carry that abusive characteristic. So when she meets him at first, he might seem like a gentleman. He might be a gentleman. Then as they get more and more into it, Oh my gosh, I'm in this pattern again. Mm -hmm. so that chemistry can, can often mean I'm triggering my worst nightmare because I haven't done this work. Chemistry can also mean, oh my God, this person seems so much like Ryan Gosling or Rihanna that I think I've found the perfect candidate that meets my Disney prince or princess. Yeah. And it actually isn't, isn't the sign of a real person or not. So what I suggest people do is enjoy the chemistry 
but don't think that it means anything until you mindfully connect with a person and find out who they actually are. Yeah, and of course, that's true that you're looking for something that sort of reconfirms who you are. But also, you could find that you're very sexually attracted to a person, even though they may not be suitable as a longer-term partner. So I, exactly. I sometimes think people that mix that, that sexual attraction up, which, which is obviously is there in a beautiful, mindful relationship, but often that can happen with people you wouldn't want a long-term relationship with. And I think sometimes when people are talking about chemistry, I think that's what could be coming through for them. Absolutely, that's true too. So in Tantra, we would say, you don't have to shut off the fact that you feel sexually excited this person, you can enjoy it. But that doesn't mean you have to act on it or fall in love with this person or get into a relationship with them. Go ahead and enjoy chemistry. Don't be afraid of it, but don't feel that it's a compulsion that you have to therefore try to make something work. No. And I think that that's often what does happen is that that then becomes, and that creates a lot of pain for a person when the chemistry isn't then kind of evolved into a relationship. Exactly. When you find out three months, six months, a year later that you forgot to screen to find out if this is a kind person or not. Exactly. Is this person even kind outside the bedroom? Well, you just don't, don't know that because you, that's, you're obviously got a skewed mindset when you're coming into this. And so you're carried away. I mean, we're only human, so our brains do things like that. But we don't look from a mindfulness perspective. Exactly. Yeah. So if you had to say some some things uh, to sum up how a person is more open to love, how do they do that? Well, again, I, um, I feel that this is a journey to continue opening. We continue opening. If we've had our relationships in the past that weren't as loving as we had hoped, we want to continue to develop ourselves as a loving person. And I feel that we can do this in the dating process while we're waiting to meet a person, a, a good candidate for us. So if we practice on each date, being mindful and as loving as possible, we increase our own capacity to be open to love and then we raise our own frequency so that a loving person can be attracted to us. The modern dating process is encouraging us to be unloving and then it's no wonder when we are unloving that we can't attract love back. It's not a frequency that it is attractive. No. So as we continue to open to love, we increase our possibility that love will be attracted to us. And we get out of that terrible cycle of unloving relationships. We finally are, we've raised our own frequency to attract a love that can last. That is so beautiful. Catherine, I just love talking to you. And I think I could just talk about this subject all day and i'm sure all of us have got horror stories but we've also got beautiful stories and i think that's something our listeners you know many of you have gone on dates they haven't evolved into anything but there are beautiful things you can still take connections you've made moments that you've had which can be very positive if you look at them in their sort of entirety rather than matching it up to something so Catherine, I would just love to say, how can our listeners connect more with you and find out more about what you do and maybe even be able to work with you? Uh, I'm uh, on Facebook. I love if you'd connect with me on Facebook. I have uh, a YouTube channel with lots of uh, videos about more about what we're talking about, how to open more to love. Uh, my website is uh, 
katherineama.com. May I spell my name? Absolutely. It's C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E. My last name is A-U-M-A-N. So you can find me there on uh, Facebook, my website, my YouTube channel. My book, uh, I have several books. This book on this subject is Tantric Dating, Bringing Love and Awareness to the Dating Process. That's available on Amazon. It's, uh, we just put it out as an audio book too, so I'm pretty excited about that. So it's fantastic. It's print and uh, print, ebook, and audio. Mm. That is beautiful. Catherine, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing a small piece of insight into mindful dating and, and how we can open up to more love in our lives. Thank you so much, Clarissa. I have loved being on this show with you. Now let's go have coffee. <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, guys, I hope you found that really enlightening. I think the part of seeing dating as, as, as a portion of our spiritual journey and really how tantric dating mindful dating can be so different from conventional dating so check out Catherine's website and her social media to learn more and connect with her if you feel that you know where you are in your dating life isn't quite how you'd like it to be because I think we can all be mindful and open more to love until next time it's Clarissa from a little breathing space Go well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.